You're listening to the Morrowology Podcast. It's all about Morrow County, Ohio. I'm really glad I stayed till the end for this one. In the studio today is your hosts, Mike Wilson and Joey Powell. Hi, Mike. Who? <laughs> I said, hi, Mike. <laughs> well, well, hi, Joe. Hi, mike There we go. There I we go. You were, you were That's the infamous, infamous name. I can't even say it. Well, you know. So, we do have a special guest with us today. It is the mother of the mayor, Josiah Breckner. Uh, this would be Robin Breckner, I guess. It depends on who you ask. Um, that was a pun throwing it back to uh, Mike Vance, who quickly, like, do you remember in that in that interview he did, he literally threw out, like, four or five different names. And just, like, yeah, he's, he's a pretty witty guy. So um, we've got some stuff coming up, Mike. As always. As always. We have this coming Saturday, finally, the first ever Cardington Wine and Arts Festival. That's coming up Saturday at noon. Visit. Uh, you can either visit the... I always get this tongue-tied. It is the... Um, oh, crap. I just went blank there. The winery. Bunker's Mill. Bunker's Mill, yeah. Bunker's Mill Winery and uh, Friends of Cardington, as well as Groovy Plants Ranch, Hot Shot Secret. They all have uh, been able to put some stuff together for this first ever inaugural Wine and Arts Festival. If you guys remember, this was the one that was delayed due to a weird law that was still on the books that had never been repealed. So they had to get that repealed so that they could then hold the event there at the American Legion Park in Cardington. So that's going to be this Saturday, the 17th, starting at noon. And let's see, they don't really have too much. It looks like they're just going to be updating the page. They don't have too much shared yet for that. So also coming up in a, a couple weeks here is the flea market down at Morrow County EMS 911 there in the big parking lot, the old C&D Chevrolet down by the fairgrounds. Also fall on the farm. We talked about this Goodman stock farm. We talked about they had their summer event. Now they're doing a fall event. Definitely will be a good time. Looks like they're going to have some food trucks and I'm sure all kinds of fun farm stuff. Then on October 8th at 9 a.m., Small Farm Remnant Field Day put on by the Ohio State University Extension Office, Morrow County. That starts at 9 a.m. And you can find all of these on our Facebook page. And Harvest Happening Craft Show is Saturday the 8th and Saturday the 9th. And that also will have a craft show. It'll have all kinds of fun stuff going on there. And, um, Mike, do you have anything that you want to share? I have a couple things that you uh, didn't see there, Joey. Uh, One is September 24th will be the Humane Society of Morrow County Annual Low-Cost Rabies and Microchip Clinic. That'll be at the Big Walnut Joint Fire District, 4600 State Route 229, Marengo. It's open to all pets. No county residency requirement. They do accept check with a valid driver's license and cash only. It's $12 for rabies. I presume that's for a rabies shot, not to get rabies. I was going to say, that's expensive to get rabies. And $25 for a microchip. Uh, If you have any questions, call 419 947 5791 or 
info at hsofmc.org. And also, the Fall Festival is coming to Marengo, uh, the second annual Fall Festival. And that'll be Saturday, October 1st, from 3 to 8.30 p.m. on Main Street in Marengo. Join us for an evening of local vendors, live music, games, activities, hayrides, food, and fun. You can go to the website to find out more information. That's MarengoMyHome.com. Or if you're a vendor and you want to register, uh, you can go. You can email info at gmail.com. So there are a couple of events. Uh, there's also one coming up October 2nd that we'll talk more about uh, probably next couple of weeks. So, a cemetery Walk. Oh, yes. That's what, that's what Robin's here to talk about today. Well, no, she's not. Oh, no, no, not that's Cemetery Walk. Yep, completely different. The one. Cemetery Walk will be at Glendale Cemetery. Um, that'll be at 2 p.m. Saturday, October, or Sunday, October 2nd. Goes from 2 to 4. The Morrow County Historical Society um, History Center will be closed down that day, encouraging people to come down to the cemetery walk and learn a little bit about some of the folks that, uh, you know, are from the past in uh, Cardington. Um, I will be there as Hayes Ulrey, that was uh, the mayor of uh, Cardington for several years and also worked for the Morrow County Independent newspaper for 56 years. So a lot of people probably remember uh, Hayes Ollery. So come on down. There are a lot of other folks as well. Uh, we'll give you more details the next couple of weeks on that. And then also wanted to share with you, there is a, it's called the year-end square body Chevy truck meet. Saturday the 24th at North Woodbury Freewheel Baptist Church. And it is sponsored by the Central Ohio Square Body meets and that is uh the old you know square body chevy trucks my yeah. dad had one he was working on for a while uh i think that was one of the that. ugliest chevys made <laughs> those few I don't years know. they, they were kind of fun to drive i like I the mean, rounded they're... bodies better they, I... Teach I guess own, all, I guess. All, yeah that's right uh and then our friends down at groovy plants ranch saturday october 1st at 9 a.m the fourth annual fall Family Fun Day starts at 9 a.m. And then we also forgot Downtown Days oh, in October, yes, yes, yes. which I believe October is going to be 1st. Flannel Fest. So, uh, Jamie Brucker, you can wear your flannel that day in town and not stand out like a sore thumb, unless you wear that orange vest as well. Um, and your mom is winking at me and laughing right now. So, I'm loving it. Um She's laughing at me because she knows you're going to get mad at me. Um, that so begins at 11, is that right? It starts at 10. At 10, okay. Yep, so it's from 10, p- 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And it will be downtown here in Mount Gilead. It will be family fun activities, sidewalk sales, and we're going to celebrate the flannel. Looks like there will be some pumpkins and stuff like that. I was going to bring pumpkins, but I just, I just didn't get them. Didn't well, the uh, Morrow County Historical Society will also be participating in that. We'll have the uh, History Center open on the square, as well as the Cross House down at 85 East Marion Street will also be open with a special display that is in the process of being worked on right now. Awesome. And then, uh, you know, getting into November, because before we know it, we'll be into November, is going to be on the 26th, it will be our last i think downtown days for the year and that's uh 10 
a.m. to 4 p.m. in Mount Gilead. And then there will be the Christmas parade on Friday, December, I think it's the 3rd. I believe you're right on that. Um, the Where the jolly fat man himself will ride in on the fire truck. I'll be on the, I'll be on the fire truck? <laughs> yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> so there'll be tons of floats, and I know Angela's been working on that for months now with with her uh with her group on that so that ought to be fun and uh you know i I obviously can't go too much further without saying that on november 18th 19th and 20th mar little theater will host at handlebar ranch elf jr the musical and last night we finished up so this is tuesday the 13th we finished up auditions and i would venture to say i don't know the exact number but i bet you there were 30 kids at least over the course of the two days and it's a really good feeling for a director to be able to walk away on night one and say if nobody else showed up i can cast the show and then there were a ton of kids there last night i mean robin it's right next door to you i'm sure you saw all the traffic i did (laughs) it it's a great problem to have um and the problem now that i had is we don't have rehearsal space because we're too big. So we were able to find some rehearsal space today and get that taken care of. But the kids will be working hard. Tickets will go on sale soon at marlittletheater.org. And uh, the kids, they're going to have a great time. And part of this, uh, this actual whole show is being done as a workshop for the kids. So they're going to learn all the avenues. There's a lot of first-time kids like Isaac who auditioned last night, and it's his first time in a show. But there were many others, and so we're going to teach them all aspects. And the nice thing is the Ohio Arts Council was so kind and gave us a grant for $5,000 to do this. Uh, The caveat is it's a matching grant, and so we have to also raise $5,000 to get the $5,000. But that won't be hard because we have some general, uh, generous sponsors, and we call them partners because, you know, yes, you can sponsor it, but be a partner, help us bring the arts alive from page to stage. So what we want to do is uh, continue the education, and, you know, we do a summer show every year. We want to keep bringing that out every, every chance we can, put, put kids on the stage because it's, it develops them develops their communication skills, their emotional intelligence, which is really a big thing. Um, I hadn't heard too much about it until recently in my, in my big boy job. And uh, being able to read a room is... Builds huge. confidence in the kids, too, and that's really important in this day and age. And we've had several kids who uh, have come out of their shell because of the things that we've... the safe. Uh, and learning environment we've been able to provide them. So as we continue uh, our quest to go from uh, page to stage, uh, we hope that uh, this will entice others to want to give towards that campaign. And you don't have to just give uh, monetarily. You can give in yourself, you know, if you want to volunteer to move set in or whatever the case may be. Uh, It will be appreciated because there's never enough help. There's never too much help. And... uh, costuming is another thing if anyone's interested in doing that so all right so we have one more thing mike that we need to talk about okay should we uh, turn it over to well, robin whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, you skip something this thursday night at the capitol theater it's next thursday yes that's what i meant next thursday night yes <laughs> so september 22nd at the capitol theater we have 
impersonators because I keep saying we're going to have Woody Hayes and Mark Twain and Jamie keeps saying they're both dead. They're not going to be here. They're impersonators. And I'm like, yeah, but it sounds better to say we're bringing them, right? So we have impersonators, Mark Twain, uh, Mark Twain impersonator and a Woody Hayes impersonator. So Ken Barnett and Jim Stoner respectively will be here on Thursday, September 22nd at 7 p.m. at the Capitol Theater. Tickets are going to be $5 suggested donation uh, for that, and that uh, donation will go towards the new screen purchase. And this is just the beginning of our what we're calling Cap Talks for Capitol Theater, Cap Talks. So now with that, should we move on to the next one? Let's do it. All right. Robin, you are here to talk to us about... Something new and different for Mount Gilead. All right. So what are we doing? Well, we're going to be doing a walking tour. It's entitled Murder, Mystery, and Mayhem. These are all factual stories. They've all appeared in the newspaper, so there's very little fiction in this. It's maybe slightly embellished to make the story more interesting, but it's all based on fact. And before I go any further, a big shout-out to Stan Stipe, who... First looked at me when I approached him on this and said, what? And then every week I got more and more fodder for this walk, and he's just as excited as I am. And um, so we've we've had a good time getting this prepared. Yeah, he is uh, a wealth of knowledge, and you give him free reign, and he finds everything. everything. I mean, pretty much everything that we share every week is from Stan. There's only... Uh, one article that I'm aware of that appeared on the front page of the Sentinel or the uh, Union Register, everything else was buried. So how he found these stories is amazing. He's magic. He's magic. He's magic. But anyway, let's get back to the important thing. The walk is um, going to be held on four Tuesdays, October 4th, 11th the 18th, and the 25th, and they will be the same walk. And the purposes of this is, I can't make it on the 4th, but, oh, it's going to be again on the 11th, so I can do it that night. So I'm offering it for different Tuesdays. The other cool thing is murder, mystery, and mayhem. What better time to do it than in October with Halloween at the end of the month? So kind of put that little fear factor, scary factor into it. This is a family-friendly so if you bring children, um, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll be cleaned up. But if it's just adults, then I can give more detail on certain things that have happened. Um, what's exciting about this is that um, it is a 90-minute tour, about an hour and a half. It is a walking tour meaning you're going to be able, you're going to need to be able to walk. It's about eight blocks. There are only two patches where it might be a little rough. I just noticed in front of La Cabanita, they have a little little hole in their parking lot. We'll walk around. I'll be sure to point those out. Um, we also have a little rough spot just as we pass the Napa um, store. There's a home there that has some broken sidewalk, and it could get a little treacherous. But again, I'll be pointing that out. Um, I also do want to point out that the Morrow County Historical Society and the History Center are not responsible for any accidents. So please put on your good walking shoes, be comfortable, bring a bottle of water if you want to, but just make sure you understand that this is a walking tour. And we're going to be walking all the way up to the point at the parking lot of the um, Trinity Church, 
crossing over through the only brick star, uh, brick drive in town, and then we'll stop, talk about a few things in that area, and then walk back to the History Center. So we're making a full circle. So you park at the History Center, meet me at the History Center, and you'll return to the History Center. But you'll get about seven stories, and a lot with humor, and a lot of oh my, <laughs> that you didn't know. But the cool thing is that when you come back and park in town, you'll say, oh, that was the story, or that's where this and this happened. So it'll bring back some some really cool things. We do ask for a $5 donation. Again, that's to help the maintenance of our three buildings, the History Center, the um, house, Cross House on uh, East Marion, and then, of course, the Garvick Log Cabin, and then any extra projects or special exhibits that we can bring into the History Center. So... We ask that you be there 20 minutes before the walk, and I'll be out there by 6 o'clock waiting for you. And that's rain or shine, right? That's rain or shine. Now, unless there happens to be very threatening weather, such as tornadoes, (laughs) thunder, lightning, hurricanes, small tsunamis, whatever, um, no, we're not going to walk. You can expect it to be canceled that night. But if it's just raining lightly, like today, it was kind of off and on, bring your umbrellas, bring your walking Weather, wet weather protecting shoes, and we're going to walk. I think the wet, wet weather would bring even more uh, excitement to the stories. It adds something that Robin can't do on her own. That's true. <laughs> sure. You know, I, um, I think you and I had a conversation about some of the, the spots that you're stopping at. Mm-hmm. And, Mike, we've talked about one of them. I'm not going to give it away. Please don't. <laughs> I'm not going to give it away. But you and I, we've shared on this podcast one of them. And, you know, I, I don't want to leave you without a leg to stand on on that. But, you know, just knowing that you've got a whole bunch of stories is pretty cool. Like, I think I might have to find some time to go. I don't know if I can get my three little ones to walk, walk it or not, but it would be fun for sure. Well, and the big thing is, too, it's not one of these tours where you say, and on the left, so-and-so lived here from 1831 to, you know, whatever. It's the stories that you'd never heard or you might have thought you heard about and didn't know if they were true or not. So that's exciting. Excuse me. I'm also covering a span of, I think, 1841 all the way up to 1989. So it's over 100 years of cool facts. Yeah. Wow. That, I guess that is, that is a, long, a long period of time. Um, so will we be able to stop and pick up Walk through margaritas at La Cabanita <laughs> for the walk. After the walk. After the walk. Okay. After the walk. All right. I had Mike's attention there for a moment. So, well, what else? I mean, is there other anything else you want to talk about for the walk or maybe that you're working on for the Historical Society that you can share? Uh, we do have a new exhibit, two new exhibits up right now on the EMS, the 50th anniversary of the EMS, and the... Um, mounted deputies, and a cool thing. This, we're trying to do some different things. So um, we have a deputies un- jacket and an EMS jacket that if you bring your children in or even if you want to try one on and do a selfie with it while you're wearing it, we're going to be doing that. So a little more hands-on experience. Uh, the Tim Belcher and sports equipment and all the other um, sports enthusiasts that have been very gracious in donating things to us or on lending us things, um, that will be ending here soon, 
towards the end of September. And in its place is the 100th anniversary of the Snyder Funeral Home. They, I believe, are the largest family-owned funeral service in central Ohio. Schettinger sold, and they're now with an international group or with a national group. So now they, Snyder's is the largest. So we're going to be doing a special display for them. And they keep spreading, too. I think they keep purchasing they just picked up a new home in Marysville, I believe. So, yes, they are definitely expanding, and it's it's great, you know. What other place at a time when you really need it, they can give you that warmth and support and and just uh, and help you through that time. They they were really great for me, and I appreciated it. So, so those are some of the things we're doing at the History Center, and we're doing uh, we're hoping to have some more activities that will bring the public in, participate. Awesome. So, thank you. All right, are you going to travel with us? Sure. Are you ready? Sure. All right, please buckle your seatbelts, put your tray tables in the upright position, and hold on because here we go. The flashback is brought to you by the Morrow County Historical Society. Now open every Sunday from 2 to 4 p.m. Stop in and learn about Morrow County's past. All right, Mikey. You're yes, Mikey, you like it. I'm still, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm still trying to get over that that trip to the past. It just kind of shakes me up every week. All right, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about uh, uh, the early days in Morrow County of preserving food as far as uh, uh, refrigeration. Oh, okay. So some of the real, really early refrigeration. Actually, we mentioned Stan Sipe earlier. He wrote the article that I'm going to read right now. Of course. And this is going to be either a two- or three-part uh, uh, series talking about leading up to the ice plant that was on South Street. So, And I would like to point out that I can read that from where I'm sitting, so it is not the small stuff you're normally reading. No, I, I should have no problem with this, so let me take my glasses off. Okay, here we go. For thousands of years, people have used some kind of refrigeration to preserve their food. One of the oldest methods is by the use of ice. Today, we have easy access to ice 24 hours a day as it is made in the freezer compartment of our refrigerator. Even while we sleep, we don't give it a second thought until someone forgets to fill the ice cube tray with water and place it in the freezer. Simple, right? And lots of us also have automatic yeah, the ice, ice makers, makers yeah. which I don't. I have the old-fashioned ice cube trays. You know, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> for our, for our, excuse me, for our ancestors, it wasn't so simple. Having ice in their homes so they could enjoy a cool beverage in summer or to prevent food spoilage was only possible through the work they did the previous winter. In the centuries before electricity, Mother Nature made their ice for them, they had to harvest it just as the Chinese had, uh, had done long ago as far back as 1000 B.C. In 1915, Creighton C. Millard moved to the village of Mount Gilead and changed all of that. In the 1890s, the Dumball brothers of Mount Gilead built an 80 by 40 by 20 ice storage house on the bend of the Whetstone Creek behind River Cliff Cemetery. Their ice house had a capacity of 1,600, 1600 tons. 
As they were the heaviest users in town, the local butchers, restaurateurs, and saloon keepers formed an ice trust. The trust hired men to harvest their ice. George Rose and a cruise of twenty and a crew of twenty six men began harvesting ice at the upper dam on the creek just east of Mount Gilead near the end of January of nineteen oh seven. The rectangular blocks they sawed were nine inches thick. In two days these men had hauled three tiers of blocks to the ice house. By the second week of February page three, the ice house was filled to capacity with nine tiers of ice cakes, with an 18-inch layer of sawdust surrounding the tiers. The ice was insulated for many months. An ice wagon owned by a downtown restaurateur and pulled by a single horse ran scheduled daily routes and delivered the blocks of ice to homes and businesses. Farmers, on the other hand, had to harvest their own ice from the nearest frozen frozen over water source. A farm's ice house, any outbuilding that afforded protection from wind and rain, was usually usually located near the home's kitchen. Before civilization began living better electricity, ice boxes were used to preserve food and cool beverages. A block of ice placed in the top part of an ice box acted as a mechanical refrigerator. Ice boxes worked because warm air rises, The block of ice absorbed heat from the warm air. It cooled the warm air, increased its density, and forced the cooler air downward into the food compartments. A drip pan at the bottom captured the water from the thawing ice cake. And next week we're going to talk about um, some further innovations in the ice house at Mount Gilead. Awesome. Well, you know, some of the uh, earliest places in the nation to get air conditioning were movie theaters. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep, because a lot of the communities did not have um, ways to cool themselves. And typically people would come to the movie theater because that's another way that they could get news besides, you know, newspapers. So most movie theaters uh, across the nation, some of those larger ones like um, the Renaissance and the Marion Palace might have been the first ones in those communities to get that air conditioning. So now the more you know. That's cool. Yes. Um, on September 13th of 1916, child's, children's author, I always say this wrong, Roald Dahl. I don't know. Do you know who he is? I have no idea. He wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, James oh. and the Giant Peach. Um, I know he wrote a few others, but those are his two big, his two big ones. Um, and then this TV show, Dun Dun. Do you remember? Do you know what I'm talking about? With just two notes. Dun Dun. Law and Order. Oh, Law and Order. Okay. Law okay. and Order debuted on it. September 13th of 1990, and then um, oh. Oh, you guys probably both remember this. You get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. Oprah. Oprah gives away nearly 300 new cars. It was a Pontiac G6 sedan, and it was worth $28,500. Everyone in her studio audience, a total of 276 cars in all, were given away during that show on September 13th, 2004. Wow, I was just starting And why wouldn't you remember that? Why wouldn't I? 
you said Mike and I would know that better. Well, <laughs> no, that you know you would remember. Yeah, like that would be do. that's something you know. Yeah. And then uh, Mary Kay, Mike, mm-hmm. do you use Mary Kay products? Uh, no, but I, I drive a pink Cadillac. <laughs> do you? No, not really. No. <laughs> so on September thirteenth of nineteen sixty-three, Texas-born entrepreneur Mary Kay Ash launches a cosmetic company in Dallas. With her $5,000 life savings and the help of her 20-year-old son, Richard Rogers, Mary Kay Inc. would become a cosmetic empire with revenue of more than $3.5 billion. That's pretty good. It is. And they've got a pretty cool way to sell the products, too. It's almost like a... Uh, we're not playing music, by the way. That's being played by the motorcycle going by... <laughs> Downtown here. Here it is. Um, And then September 14th, 1814, Francis Scott Key pens what famous poem? We know it as a star-spangled banner now. It is. That is exactly what it is. Um, Star-spangled banner. Where did it go? There we go. On September 14th, 1814, Francis Scott Key pens a poem, which is later set to music. In 1931, it becomes America's national anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner. The poem originally titled The Defense of Fort M. Henry, yeah, Henry is the way it is, uh, was written after Key witnessed the Maryland fort being bombarded by the British during the War of 1812. Key was inspired by the sight of a lone U.S. flag still flying over Fort Henry at daybreak, as reflected in the now, uh, the now famous words of the Star-Spangled Banner, and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. I thought that was kind of cool. And I think we're going to stop there with the historical facts, other than that is a perfect time to talk about 9-11. Oh, well, yes. You know, that was just, uh, we just celebrated, celebrated. Commemorated. Commemorated. Yeah. 21 years. Can't believe it's been 29 years since I was a sophomore in high school and Mrs. Carey's class and hearing... Deb Claus, come on the PA to we, announce. We actually watched the second tower get hit on television, yes. which was incredible to see. Yeah, and you could see the people jumping because they had to get away from the flames, so they were jumping out of the building. And we didn't know. We thought it was a pre-taped and rerun, and it wasn't. It was the actual live of what, we, of what was going on. Yeah, so I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it, but I can remember Deb Claus coming on and saying, teachers, please turn on your TVs um, as our nation's under attack. And it was like, whoa, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. What a day. So with that being said, um, I think, are we done with the history piece? I think we are. Let's go back to the present. All right, here we go. All right, Mike Miss, what you got? Okay, um, this one really um, interested me. The Morrow County Hospital will be selling, celebrating its 70th anniversary on October 28th, and they were asking anybody that was born in the hospital to send them your name, address, email, and the year you were born, and you can return it to Morrow County Hospital, public relations, 651 West Marion Road, Mount Gilead. Uh, I emailed mine. I found it on, um, actually, I 
I replied to a um, Facebook post is how I did it. So you can go to Facebook to the Morrow County Hospital, and you can find this invitation there. So um, That's uh, only if you were born there, right? If you were born there, yes. Yeah. And you will get a special invitation to their party. So that would be anybody who was born between se- September of 52? Until whenever they stop birthing babies there. I don't know nothing about birthing no babies. <laughs> but uh, I was one of those babies, so. That's I still have happened. the little thing that they put around my wrist with Dr. Ingmeyer. He was right over here in this house across the street. Is the name on it and my name, and I'll take that along. It's a kind of special. I'm surprised that you still have. I'm actually surprised that they did that at that time period. I really am. Yeah, my mom kept a lot of neat things. Well, you know, now most of those tags, so there's a couple different ways for infant security, but uh, one infant security thing is inside of the wristband. Well, for the babies, it's now an ankle band, um, but it it actually will flag um, and search for the baby at a certain time period. I can't give away too much of the detail. No, but, I understand. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a couple different ways to do it, and it's pretty cool. That, uh, you know, we have that, you know, they've got what they call exciters. Mm -hmm. So it scans at some routine time. And if it can't find the baby, it goes into alarm. And then it'll actually lock down the space. So you can't get out. Um, It's actually pretty cool. So so you were one of those Morrow County Hospital babies, huh? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm proud of it. And uh, 1860? 1860? Moving right along. (laughs) All right. Do you have anything else, or are we ready to go to it? Um, well, I have a couple things, but uh, <coughs> they're the more um, humorous side of our show. Oh, so I got to tell you. Well, here, I'll do this first. Warning. 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 Terrible, terrible puns ahead. Warning. 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 So I was sitting in the recliner at home. And Angela comes in, and she sits on the arm of the chair, right? And I said, you know, it's really bad of me, but I am wishing that sometime that when you sit down on the side of the chair, that the, the chair would break so I could get a new recliner. I want a new recliner. And um, she's like, well, you realize we're not getting a new recliner if that happens, right? Because we have a couch and a love seat that you can sit on. Oh, darn it. So I put my arm up. <laughs> in between the two of us. And she says, get your elbow out of my face. And I'm like, you don't find it funny. I find it humorous. Oh, no, you, you, you didn't like that either. Huh? I can't reach the buttons from here. (laughs) That's that's better. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Well, go ahead. What do you got over there? Sappy. Uh, (laughs) Well, did I tell you about uh, at work? I finally got, uh, Took my um, forklift test and I passed. It was very uplifting. I'll give you that one. I'll give and you that one. There was this job I had a while back. It was at the uh, calendar factory. I got fired for taking a few days off. <laughs> so here's one I'm going to steal from Angela, and I'm not going to tell her that I shared it. But she laughed so hard. Seriously, she, I thought she was going to pass out because she was red. She said, you know when, when scuba divers are going to go into the water, right? And she says, you know that they hold 
their face and you know they hold the the um, mask mask on their face and everything. Do you, she says, "Do you know why they go backwards out of the boat?" And I said, "No, why?" And she says, "Because if they go forward, they're going to fall into the boat." <laughs> we'll give Angela the credit for that. That was awesome. It was not, but she seriously, I thought she might wet herself that she was laughing so hard. Well, did you hear about that uh, restaurant they opened on the moon? No. The food's okay, but there's no atmosphere at all. Wow. Robin, do you have any? Uh, do you want to be a part of this? I'm just, I'm just shaking my head. For the, for the folks out there who can't see you, I'm just shaking my head for them. Well, thank you, Robin. You're welcome. This is for the Myro Countyans. Well, you know, um, Jamie Zeger is probably rolling her eyes. She loves it. We know. She does. She says she does. But uh, I'm not sure that she does. She, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, no. Oh, I definitely can't share that one. Ooh. Um, I think that might have to be all that we have because I don't have, uh, I don't know that I can share that, that pun. Okay. So, Mr. Mike, do you have anything else that you want to share? Uh, I think I'm done um, imparting wisdom upon our listeners' ears. Okay. All right. Well, in that case, folks, we will see you next week. Until next time, please be kind to each other. Love one another. Give grace. And until next time, goodbye.